Welcome to Dry Clean Only, conversations on fashion and style. I'm your host, Kristen Cole in New York. I'm a fashion consultant with 20 years experience in the industry as a high concept retailer, fashion director, founder, and buyer. On this podcast, I sit with designers, stylists, experts, authors, innovators, and leaders in the space to bring you casual conversations around the many industry topics of the moment with insights and observations along the way. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so today we have episode number 28, where I have the pleasure of speaking with Tommy Tan, one of the original street style photographers who was there when it all started and is still at it today. He was a big part of what became an industry in and of itself, the industry of influencers and brand ambassadors, celebrities, models, editors, buyers, fashion directors, all getting snapped outside the shows. The prevalence of this style of photography completely changed the paradigm for the shows, turning them into marketing and brand moments that they are known for today. Tommy and I caught up over coffee at Broadway Gallery in Tribeca on what he's been up to, his forthcoming book project, which sounds super exciting, why New York is the best city to photograph right now, and insights he's gleaned from his life capturing the fashion set at Fashion Weeks around the world since 2007. Before we jump into the interview, Happy New Year. It's uh, late for that, but this is my first pod recording of the new year, so there's that. It's 2023. Here we go. Slowly catching up. Still winter here in New York, of course. Not too cold, not too bad right now. I had plenty of downtime over the holidays to read a few books, catch up on movies, two films I thought I would share a Spanish film called Official Competition that I just loved starring Penelope Cruz who looked incredible styled out as an eccentric avant-garde director Antonio Banderas and Oscar Martinez incredibly stylish shot in Madrid I think at a location that I thought was the Mies van der Rohe Barcelona house but I don't think it was uh it's an incredible location all the same super modern very chic with lots of glass and steel and concrete marble travertine it's pretty incredible and very funny and clever. The other film I watched over the holiday that I loved was this Italian film, Seven Women and a Murder. Uh, This was also very stylish, great interiors, very Italian, eclectic, layered, whodunit, super stylish, murder mystery, molto bene. I just returned from a ski trip to Aspen, which was amazing, pretty good conditions, lots of snow each night so we had some powder it was my first time back skiing in the rockies since 2020 so it was kind of heaven for me i love to ski i love to opera ski i love to read it was um, really fun and we are slowly teaching our boys and turning them into skiers themselves so it was pretty fun aspen's a great town for dining super walkable and of course great shopping I used to have a store there and preferred the shopping then, but that shuttered back in 2020. used to stock statement coats and knits and sunglasses and jewelry and candles, but the thing we always had requests for from local customers were more going out top, which I always found funny and it's not exactly my style, but you see those going out tops wherever you go out in Aspen and they're worn with fur hats and big diamonds and cowboy hats and so, so, so many logos all of the big luxury brands have stores there there's you know some ski and performance brands of course and a few uh cute little boutiques the best thing i shopped was a pop-up for Gigi hadid's brand guest in residence 
Uh, I'd read about the brand. I hadn't seen it, felt it, or heard too much about it uh, in person until this trip. But uh, a girl I know from LA DM'd me to check out the pop-up, and I did. And I have to say, the cashmere knit quality was really nice uh, for the sharp price point. And I bought one piece that was a speed skate cashmere hoodie with a really interesting texture and it has kind of a Jacquemus vibe uh, for me. The design of the store was really cute too. It was it was great. Christopher John Rogers has just released his Prefall 23 collection on Vogue Runway. There's some statement making evening wear and some very cool unstructured oversized suits that I can't wait to try on. The Fall 23 fashion cycle will start churning yet again very soon with New York Fashion Week just a month away. CFDA made an exciting announcement of their new leadership team, the new chairman of the board, of course, Tom Brown, and Aurora James and Prabal Gurung as vice chairs, Maria Corniejo as secretary, and Stacy Bendit Eisner as treasurer. Thinking of the new year and reflecting on the last, trends I'm happiest to say goodbye to from 22 are, I hope, greenwashing, gimmicky fashion, especially on the runway, and NFTs. I want to say goodbye to NFTs so bad. I was hoping with Trump getting into the NFT game, maybe fashion brands would go running in the opposite direction, I was hoping, but not yet. We'll see. Sartorially speaking, I'm looking forward to more joyful statement-making fashion for myself in 23, uh, strong singular investments, and of course, excited for continued innovation and stronger commitments around sustainability. I love what's happening around fluid fashion, and I hope to see that materialize more at the retail level. Okay, so now on to what you are here for, my conversation with street photographer, cultural observer, Tommy Tan. So, Tommy, thank you so much for joining me today. It's really oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Generous of you. Yeah, I know you. I guess from DeVoe and through Mary Song. Mm-hmm. When the you great were, Mary Song. <laughs> yeah, when you were love her. Uh, when you were doing that gig, um, but I've of course been a fan of your photography. I was preparing for this interview, thinking about it, and I don't feel like I saw street style photographers like and I kind of started my career around 2008 in mm-hmm. terms of like attending fashion shows that's when I remember getting snapped sometimes and it was like oh my god this is really crazy yeah. you know is that when you started uh, I so I technically started in 2007 okay <clears throat> February 2007 so that was my first season um and it took it took a few seasons for me to find my rhythm Um, But I went, long story short, because um, I was working for a woman named Linda Latner. She had a site called VintageCouture.com, so uh, that was my job at the time. So she was kind enough to let me go to London and Paris as a bonus because I had already been doing um, street photography in Toronto, but I actually grew very tired of this scene there, so I just felt like I needed to see something more. So going to Europe was such an eye-opening experience that after that season, I just realized I have to go every season, yeah. no matter what it took. And you were just kind of on instinct, realizing that you could just kind of go to the shows and catch all of... Yeah, I mean, I was just... It's from, so interesting to me, because it wasn't a thing. <clears throat> it wasn't really a thing, yeah. and um, my love was primarily from seeing Japanese um, like street magazines or yes. even the Fruits book. Fruits, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And then obviously seeing... Scott Schumann becoming really popular with his work with Style.com. Right. So I just thought, oh, you know, this felt like a 
open door situation where you can totally. just arrive at shows and just take pictures. So I thought, why not give it a chance? And and I just immediately was on cloud nine, elated just to see these people who I had never seen before, but also all the models and designers that I looked up to. So for a fashion nerd, it was just fun. It was a thrilling experience. Yeah, really. Yeah. And it's still thrilling to kind of see all these photos and everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, it's a different situation now. But. It's different now. But, yeah. you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, especially as Fashion Week wraps or for the ones they miss, like yeah. I used to always do like New York and Paris and like sometimes Milan is, yeah. you know, barely ever, you know, London and stuff. And so it was like so fun. Like you just like first go to the street style uh, photos and really yeah. feel like you're like you're there a little bit. How did you get into photography? Photography for me, uh, it really happened by accident because fashion has always been um, my first love and I initially wanted to be a designer so photography kind of happened when in 2005 <coughs> excuse me at the time I was working at Holt Run Fruit which is mm-hmm. I guess the Barneys or yeah. Saks of Canada and I realized I didn't want to be a buyer because every single time I realized I wanted to be in a different field in the industry I had to start working my way whether totally. I was working for a designer or yeah. working at a retailer. I know there's all these verticals <coughs> that like people outside of fashion are just like, oh, you work in fashion. But yeah. I'm like, there's so many very oh, exactly. niche verticals mm-hmm. within the industry. And, and, now even s- more, and they're so right? different. Yeah. 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 So I just thought, oh, at the time, why not launch my own lifestyle magazine? Because, you know, anyone could have created um, a website if you knew HTML coding. Yeah. And then I just thought, oh, I'll use photography as an entry point to socialize and network and because um, I was very shy and I still am but it's just so a way smart. to you know yeah introduce yourself to someone and and Jack and Jill was that your first yeah, yeah. that was the first one I so remember it. I the remember name it. <laughs> the name came out of a hat so I just drew it out <laughs> I, I get asked that question a lot and yeah. there's no symbolic meaning like, or anything whatever yeah, yeah it just happened and then in Toronto had you studied fashion like did you go to a fashion school or were you uh, just kind of into it I kind did of a- go to college for a year mm-hmm. but then I realized fashion is not brain surgery no so <laughs> definitely not <laughs> but I mean to, to any student that is yeah. attending fashion school I obviously encourage you know like following your passion of course but I mean I I knew when I was 13 from the moment that um I fell in love with fashion it was seeing a collection on television it was a yeah. Gucci spring 97 collection yeah um, Tom Ford <clears throat> Tom Ford yes yeah. it was the heroin chic era yes <laughs> so I realized immediately like if, if you have a drive and passion yeah and, particularly in a field like this, that's what all, that's all that mattered. Yeah. And even now when I encourage people when they want to work in fashion, the best type of experience rather than schooling is, well, at post-school if you want, is yeah. is an internship really. Because 100%. You're never going to learn anything, you know, through no. a computer or through your phone. No. You have to have these real life experiences. And, yeah. And relationships. And relationships. And, and you know, I always and, yeah, tell. Yeah, that's. And relationships are kind of everything in this industry. But, you know, also, and I always tell younger people who are considering a career in fashion, I'm like, you have to intern in these, again, different verticals, too, because, you know, working for a brand or designer or being a brand or designer is so different from being a buyer or a fashion director or, you know, I mean, there's just so, or a stylist, like Mm -hmm. these are massively different lifestyles. Um, You have to put in the work. You have to put in the work and the time for a long time. Yeah. Um, I know I know Phil Oaks mm-hmm. I hired him once for a um, photo shoot years ago to do a campaign and he's so great and I love his photography so I was reading you guys have been kind of like on the circuit together yeah we actually met each other our first season so he actually approached me to take my picture because 
this is the time when I was dressing like a club kid and wearing Jeremy Scott. Amazing. And he was shooting for his site, Street Peeper at the time. Yep. So, I mean, our aesthetics were different back then. Yeah. So we, d- we didn't have any expectation. All, and he went to Paris just for the fun of it to party mostly. So he would yeah. only show up to shows maybe like midday. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so it's funny that we only met each other maybe on the second or third last day of Paris. Amazing. But I, we didn't even spot each other throughout the whole week because, I mean, there's less, way less photographers, but maybe because he was on a different schedule than I was. And there were less, I mean, in a way, less shows back then, right? Because there weren't as many emergings showing or, yeah, I, I, guess I don't know. I guess there could be, you could say that there was less I mean, there's shows. still, of course, the majors would be showing. But yeah. But like these I mean, days, like how does someone even decide? Because there's, of course, the schedule, but, you know, yeah, there's like today two or three things at every oh, no, hour, right? Yeah. Particularly in New York, it's it's the the schedule's the most Very compact. crowded. Yeah. But even in Paris, like, I, I guess you like in New York, I did maybe like seven to ten shows a day here this yeah. past season. Whereas in That's Paris, it's maybe only five to seven. Yeah. On a busy day, even if you looked at the schedule ten years ago, even yeah. in New York, there was maybe three times as much as many designers because there was presentations and right right and, and post-pandemic yeah and it's, post-pandemic. A little, it's a little different yeah. now yeah that's crazy but I think the landscape was so much different back then I mean uh, I reposted a, a screenshot of the fashion calendar yeah that somebody posted I just could not believe how many other shows there were at the time like Donna Karen, Deacon White, Vina Kava, that's true Takun. that's true I know I always just, think because I was a retailer for um you know maybe like 15 years yeah. and like in that time so many brands mm-hmm. have shuttered mm-hmm. I actually just interviewed um Sander Locke uh from oh, okay. Cis Marjan and he's uh, in advance of his new book that's yes, coming out that's I've seen beautiful a it's a beautiful book I actually have it right here oh nice oh yeah it's gorgeous but yeah like that was such a amazing line like there's just yeah. so many lines that have come and gone that have been so yeah. phenomenal but it's so hard to make oh, it it's, it's so hard so with all of these fashion weeks that you've gone to was there a like a predictable circuit that you were normally in like were you doing you know new york milan paris or were you doing shanghai and tokyo were you doing everything uh, so after, there's so many also there are so many <laughs> after i mean there was for me from when i started until now it's always been the same four cities but when i started working for saw.com i started attending a Tokyo Fashion Week or or Sydney Fashion Week for five years. So wow. I was open to the idea of going to a few other cities, but my schedule was already pretty busy. So I was already on the road for most of the year, like seven months or seven, seven to eight months of the year. So that's crazy. That's the thing people don't understand <clears throat> yeah. is to like really do the whole circuit. Mm-hmm. You're traveling all the time. It's it's like four and a half months of the year plus additional travel that you're doing for other things. I mean, I, I'm super grateful. No, for thrill, the, like for that thrilling and amazing. Yeah. Also just hard to keep up with. Yeah, yeah no, it's very hard to keep really. Up with. What do you think? So you're, you were doing the majors. You were doing New York, mm-hmm. Paris, Milan, and London. Yes. Have you done Copenhagen ever? I've done Copenhagen once. I probably will go back next year. I've been dying. I was supposed oh, to go, go August 2020. Oh. <laughs> I had my, my whole plan. I was like, that's not happening. Um, it's a very laid dying. back two or three days. Yeah. The sunset's probably, I don't even know when, like at 11. It looks so pretty. It's very beautiful. Yeah. And everyone is just very lovely and such a beautiful city. So yeah. if you were to branch out outside of the usual four cities, I think Copenhagen is really fun. Yeah. yeah. How would you describe, like, you know, the the style in New York outside the shows? 
right now or in general? It's hard. I know because it's changed, right? I, I think right now New York is in a very thrilling time because I feel all these barriers have been broken down in terms yeah. of there's just been this weight lifted off the shoulders of all these young kids that, mm. you know, I don't even know how they felt five to ten years ago, but I mean with the conversation moving so much more forward with the LGBTQI community and yeah. identity and, ide- yeah. and gender identity, like there's just this freedom to be very gender fluid. Yeah. And I feel like New York for me is the most exciting city to photograph now. That's great. Yeah, I actually, feel like it's th- really, it's not like me and my scene, but when I'm like <laughs> out, I'm like, oh my God, everyone is dressing just yeah, so creatively exactly. and so expressively. And Oh, I'm too old too for it. Yeah, I like mean, this is not going to um, yeah, but thrill I, anybody. But, but yeah. I do feel like there's something emerging. Yeah. Um, you know, whether or not people are in agreement of the fashion scene, I just think it's really exciting to see you know, a new generation, particularly Generation Z, yeah. um, approach fashion in a different way. Yeah. Um, it's so much more open. And, and yeah. yeah, you know, you can think about fashion in so many ways, and mm-hmm. we all do. And, you know, sometimes I have, like, massive, like, guilt, like, oh, yeah. God, why am I not, like, a teacher or something? <laughs> and then, you know, there's also, you know, what's going on in Iran yeah, and you're like wow what a you know privilege to be able to mm-hmm. express yourself and you know own your body and yeah. you know dress We're extremely your, dress. privileged yeah so yeah. in a way it's like it's so awesome that yeah. we are moving in that direction hopefully and I think you know like everything that the community fought for you know even 20 years ago it's given the permission and allowance for this new generation to to be very liberating in their their everyday choices and the way that they express themselves and then, I'm, so and nice. and if you look at it in the future, what's happening now is an extremely formative period of time where, who knows what, the kids will be dressing like in you know five to even five to ten years, especially with social media propelling, yeah. um, fashion at such a fast pace. And yeah, I mean it, it's such a huge part of pop culture and yeah. and in everyday culture like. You know, we didn't talk about fashion as much as we did, you know, 15 years ago. Maybe it was red carpet dressing. Yeah. But the fact that you can walk around Soho and every single corner, you're finding somebody taking photographs of their outfits. Totally. Totally. No. And just like the awareness. And it's like also such a good antidote to, you know, the conservative movement Mm -hmm. of, like, you know, it's like kind of the necessary counterbalance. Mm crazy crazy world we live exactly. in um okay so new york you're loving new york obviously very expressive how would you describe the style in general like outside the shows in london versus you know paris or milan so i actually went to london so i took a break from going to all four cities mm-hmm. so i went to london this past september for the first time um in four or five years unfortunately because of the passing of the queen the attendance was a little bit um it was, it was a, a little weird it was, held back. It was yeah. a little down i mean i think in her heart she would want the industry to move forward yeah. and not come to a standstill for her so totally there were still people attending but i the problem i found with london as much as i love the scene in london was and this is a huge difference between london and new york is that new york there is like a community around every single designer and you feel like when you go to a show you're seeing yeah. the extended community and family that these totally. designers built whereas yeah. in London London is still very much reflective of what fashion used to be mm. where you see the same group of editors and buyers and right. retailers it's yeah. a little bit more in, in, in that somewhat past era yeah. or the one we're not experiencing here in New York but then somebody please prove me wrong because of course. maybe th- my timing is, is 
Well, no, and then I think in London there was also that, you know, I guess second week around Freeze Art Fair Mm -hmm. where other people were showing and that became activated too. But yeah, it seemed like it was a very long fashion month. I was not like a part of it, but yeah, it seemed like... It was very long. It seemed (laughs) very long. And then what about Paris? How would you describe, you know, kind of like the the scene out out of the shows? Uh, The scene outside of the shows in Paris are very... It's very chic, right? Yes. Maybe not as not it's what it used to be yeah. because, like I said, fashion has become entertainment. Yeah, yeah. and th- there are hordes and hordes of young kids now, more yeah. so than ever. Yeah, um, which is great f- for me sometimes because yeah. I yeah. I can capture a lot. But at the yeah. same time, it gets even more difficult for people going to shows because it becomes a safety hazard or they can't yeah. get into the show. There's hundreds of kids blocking the streets, so it's I appreciate the enthusiasm, but yeah. I do get worried about seeing. For instance, like a Linda Fargo trying to struggle getting into a show because there's just like barricades and there's kids just holding traffic up. So Totally. It's a little intense. <clears throat> it's very intense. Yeah. yeah. And then what about Italian style? How about in Milan? You know, Milan really surprised me because, I mean, I've always loved Milan um, just because, you know, you can walk on Monte Le Baglione yeah. and it's super chic and you'll oh, always see. I went this summer and I would just like, I didn't, I mean, I didn't buy much, but I went in every store mm-hmm. and I was having the time of my life because yeah. I just hadn't been in a lot of beautiful retail mm-hmm. since before the pandemic and it just felt so chic. Yeah. All of the boutiques are so well appointed and curated. We take it for granted, oh, don't we? It really was like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is like how I fell in love with shopping mm-hmm. and like creating shopping environments and stuff, which was like my whole career. I yeah. just, I'd kind of forgotten and mm-hmm. going to Via Monte Napoleone was just fucking incredible. Yeah, and I mean, it's, and the pro- I mean, gorgeous. The merchandising is impeccable, and just and you're the gonna way get your little you. espresso, and it's just like so yeah. chic. It's I service just, on another level. It really is. Yeah. It's really it's nice to see that it still exists somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's not in in many places anymore, but it's really mm. nice. Um, it's, really nice to see. I feel like you see different generations, but the baton is always passed down, and particularly like Milan, where it's it's still very chic and you know there's a like there's a identifiable look yeah. to the way that people dress like it's it's an art form like particularly with the older men and women with the gloves and like yeah. proportions and the way things are tailored or just yes, the tailoring the gesture of holding something or mm-hmm. the way that they're on a bike or something it's yeah. it's very polished yeah um, but at the same time what I witnessed from the first show of going in Milan was yeah. this diesel show where they invited like 5,000 attendees and 3,000 this past Get, one with this Glenn, past one, with yeah. Glenn Martin's. Yes, at the, yeah. it was it was held at a sports stadium, oh and three thousand guests were students. So for me, because I'm capturing a different perspective, it was just really fascinating to see this youth wave happening in Milan. Where that's incredible. Oh yeah, it was that's really also incredible fun. that he could like fill a stadium. Like, yes, that's insane. Mm-hmm. So to see what I thought what I'd normally see in New York or even London and see it in Milan, I was just so blown away that. There's yeah. a scene happening in Milan, so I think yeah. there is definitely this global movement happening. This whole new wave, this whole yeah. New wave, yeah. Which doesn't mean that the old world is gone. And yeah, I do like, yeah, you know, in in Milan especially, like what you're saying, mm-hmm. like yeah, I love that kind of like old world tailoring yeah. and that elegance. It's like so cool. What are your um? I, I so I've only been to Tokyo once in like 2000. Oh, you must go again. Oh, it was like 2000. <laughs> five or something it was a long time ago and I was so blown away by the fashion mm-hmm. there and obviously you know the fashion in the different neighborhoods but then in general just like even on the um 
subways, whatever they're called there, the metros, the women were so impeccably dressed, head to toe designer everywhere. Oh, you know? wow. Like everyone was so impeccably dressed. Yeah. And I was just like, what is this place? It was really, really inspiring. Do you feel like Tokyo fashion is, is maybe the most inspiring place in Asia right now? Or is that Shanghai? Uh, I've always found Tokyo, like Japan in general, yeah. for me to be the the most exciting, one of the most exciting places for me to visit just mm-hmm. because, you know, Fashion Week aside, like there's just, like if you spend a lot of time in Shibuya or Harajuku, yeah. everywhere you look around, it's just... They love fashion. They love fashion. And in particular, the the men and and... and and sexual orientation is not even something you question because totally. it's just very fluid. And even before which the conversation, yeah, which is and maybe that's like caught on globally a little more. Yeah, but you're right; that's kind of always been the way. Yeah, there. even before this conversation of gender identity came up, I just feel like in Japan, in particular, like fashion was open to any style. If you were if you're male, you could wear a skirt, and there's not question. It's just such a civil society that there's no questioning of how people choose to express themselves. It's so cool. <clears throat> there's a certain level of conservatism in Japan, yes. but the thing is, it's like no one talks about it, and it's just... It's a, it's a very polite it's society. It's extremely polite. I, I couldn't believe... I just remember, I don't know why, I guess coming from New York, I remember at the time thinking, oh my God, there's not a single piece of gum on mm-hmm. this. Like, the sidewalks are clean, yeah. and you know, no one like cuts in front of you yeah, like going to the, to the subway. It's, yeah. fin- it's like kind of incredible when you come mm-hmm. from, especially New York oh, um, yes, yeah. okay so I'm gonna put you on the spot to see if you remember like the best outfit you've ever <laughs> the best look you've ever photographed or are there any things uh, that like really stick out to you I can't play favorites yeah but you have to think about one that comes to mind um, I was always a huge fan of Taylor Tomasi mm. Hill who doesn't come to shows anymore which is totally fine um, but she had this one outfit, and Phil will remember this outfit as well, because it was in Paris at the Dior show, and she was just walking through the garden, and she's wearing this asymmetrical Saint Laurent bustier dress by Anthony Vaccarello. It was the one where one one half of your your breast was showing. She's wearing it over like a cotton shirt. And like she had a leather jacket tied around her waist, so it, and, and and sky high Elias stilettos. So it was just, it was just her signature way of mixing clothes. And to see someone who wasn't being gifted an outfit, and just like seeing someone wear clothes in the way that she did, was the reason why we would come back every season and lose as much sleep and spend as much time as a, as we do on our feet. So that's cool. And now it's like so much, so many a, of the best outfits we see in a way are kind of like these gifted looks or very placed right yeah but the dynamic of fashion week is now of course there's a formula of being photographed it's you know everyone gets outfitted by the brand because you know everything is is kind of marketed to a certain way because fashion week is basically like what happens it's a marketing opportunity and what happens outside the show is equally as important as what's happening on the catwalk so um, I think the most exciting looks I find are the ones where it's someone you've never seen before. Maybe they're just walking by. They're actually not going to the show. So to me, those are really exciting outfits. But I'm actually very open-minded, Where which you'll see in my book at some point. I know. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about it. Um, where there are certain communities um, built around certain brands. And 
in particular in Paris, you get to see that at certain design, at certain shows where you would not normally see that at a, at a regular show, but it's just because these designers have such a strong identity that you see them, all these true fan fans of the, the brand come in. They're not even actual fashion people. Yeah. Maybe they're gallerists or, yeah. or people that work outside fashion. So yeah. to see them come wear their clothes, but in such a different kind of way that... So cool. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> Um, and then how about yourself? I, I know you're like, I'm just like dressing really chill these days, but <laughs> you have an amazing coat on and Oh, it's just a unique little coat. Okay. It's unique though. That's good. Though. What, what are kind of like y- your favorite looks for yourself personally? For myself? Uh, <laughs> well, no one ever takes my pictures, so it's, I'm fine Except with that. Except for Phil that one time. Except for Phil that one time. <laughs> I guess a look that I wore recently that I like for myself is I, I got these Celine Trousers, Celine by Phoebe Philo, sorry. Um, well, Celine, of course. <laughs> with uh, zippered knees. They're like fall 2012 trousers with uh, a more recent Jill Sanders shirt. So I think I've, ad- I've adopted just... I love Jill <laughs> these days. Yeah, it's That's just... So it's it's The fabrications are really nice. And I think it's hard to find a brand which you can rely on and you feel like, oh, it's just easy to throw in and you're, yeah. you're just completely done up. And that's Did you ever wear OAMC? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I was okay. a huge fan of Luke prior yeah. to him um, joining Jill Sanders. So it was really exciting to see um, both their work because I also knew Lucy at the t- as well before they joined. Um, so yeah, I love mixing. Well, I'm super casual, so I love mix. I can't wear like designer shoes, so yeah. I just love mixing my photographer alter ego with yeah. the person that wants to dress up so yeah oh yeah so devoe so i was carrying devoe uh when you were there and it's a yeah, beautiful minimal line tell me how that came about or how you decided to try your hand you know in the designer space okay <clears throat> so it happened in 2017 mm-hmm. devoe was founded by um andrea Sal, who is my former partner, and Matthew Breen, and uh, two others. So it was a menswear line prior to me coming on board. So when I came on board, it was there was the idea of women's wear becoming introduced. So mm-hmm. um, having been mo- like having been watching the brand, I realized, oh, you know, like I feel like my friends could use some help with some consulting. So I felt, you know, in the industry, if you have enough experience, there's a lot of designers who actually are not formally trained designers, and yeah. they just have a particular eye. So I felt, oh, I can maybe apply my expertise from, you know, obviously watching people and how they dress and having yeah. an understanding of clothing and construction. So I kind of voluntarily offered myself to them, and they just thought, sure, why not? Let's give it a shot. That's great. Being a photographer for so long, I thought this could be an interesting way of... Um, yeah, I would think you have a very good... Um, handle on current fashion yeah. how people are styling things I mean out. all I do is watch people and and kind of the vibe yeah. yeah yeah which is really important you know yeah. and a, a lot of designers also sometimes design like in a little bit of a silo or you know yeah. so sometimes having that outside oh, yeah. perspective I think is a great. huge part of the design process is having understanding of the life of the the garment and yeah. do you envision it um on this person or that person. Yeah, how is it worn? How, how is, is it, it worn? Yeah, no, and I, um, I mean, yeah, I, I never considered myself like I'm a queen or, or Galliano yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. But I mean, when I was younger, I, I had aspirations to become a designer. So that's totally. why I had experience working in the garment district. So, I mean, even if they wanted me to sew buttons, I would have done that. Well, but. And, <laughs> and even like so many people, especially these days, come at, you know, creative direction and mm-hmm. all that from so many different you know, other arenas, yeah. Virgil, mm-hmm. um, I was going, I was scrolling through your Instagram right 
before you got here, and I was thinking about that iconic photo you took of mm-hmm. Virgil and Yay. Yes. A long time ago. Um, con- uh, controversy. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, going back to that photo, that photo serves as a catalyst as to what was to come in the industry because totally. You know, back then seeing, you know, black men at a fashion show, especially you know, a show in Paris. Yeah. The 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 racial inequality in terms of people working in the industry or even on the runway was, was way more pronounced back then was for way sure. more pronounced back then so to see these group of men who were outsiders and then all of a sudden fast looking forward, amazing looking amazing yeah but you know like they were just outsiders standing not even invited to the show they were just guests of kanye and they were just yeah. coming um but it's just the fact that the industry's come full circle fully embracing them and their and what and more diversity and, and more diversity and also yeah. seeing what Virgil in particular has manifested, mm-hmm. but also you can't deny Ye's influence in terms of right. his Especially passion for fashion then. Yeah. back then. You know, like he, I, I mean, if you want to pinpoint the root of influence, like the yeah. reason why so many athletes and um, artists are so interested in fashion is because of this particular man. Right. And, right. You know, like we can't deny. Right. I remember like when LeBron James got into Tom Brown. Yeah, and, exactly. Like, you know, all of these like things where it started to kind of like bring fashion, um, you know, to other arenas, which exactly. is really, really exciting. I mean, hip hop and fashion has always had a, a very interesting relationship, but then it took someone to break down the barriers for the fashion world to embrace. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The community. So. Oh, it's so crazy. Okay, so let's talk book. So I, I know you have a book coming. What's can, What can you tell us? Anything? Uh, I've, I've talked about it a few times with friends, and it is taking a long time. Oh, my gosh. You're on your own time, I'm, I'm on my own timeline, but yeah. um, it, it has been 15 years in the making, but I can I can tell you it's it's much grander than just a coffee table book. Cause Amazing. I just didn't want it to be you know, retrospective of photos yeah. because why would I do that for someone who's only been taking pictures for 15 Even years? that would sell <laughs> and people like I would buy that book regardless. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, I'm, I'm super critical of myself and my work. And for a long time, I've thought about this idea I've had of curating my work, but I also feel like I wanted to do something that contributed to the industry. That was a love letter in a way. Nice. And I feel like it comprises of, different points of view and also it chronicles dare I say influence (laughs) in the industry and and I think that's as much as I'll I'll tease but a lot of what's going into the book has never been published or seen because I think um, after my career with Star.com I kind of took a I kind of took a few steps back. I mean, I still was taking pictures, but yeah. not having a um, a platform like Star.com, obviously no one was seeing my work on yeah. a daily basis during Fashion Month. So I'm hoping reintroducing my work through this book project. I don't want to say just book. It's a book project because yeah. there's something grander than the book. Um, That's so exciting. It'll be interesting to see my work in a different light. So Wait, Is this going to be like a 23 release? I would hope, but yeah. books so take a, books take a long time to publish. I'm sure. So I'm sure. I think the aim is early 2024. Okay, amazing. But because of how long that's going to take, I you'll see something earlier before. You'll that. start seeding it a little earlier. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. So amazing. And then who are you shooting for the most these days? Like are myself. Just mostly yourself. Yeah. I mean, I I do work with brands, 
when we're approached for work. But I, I think yeah. the, the landscape in terms of fashion for everyone, you know, the print world is is fading so and tough. the art of image making is not what it used to be. And I guess I feel like there's a, less of a demand for, I mean, different well, parts of the industry. There's also just so much, you know. Yeah, there and is so I, much. I, I consume a lot of fashion yeah. and I'm a big reader and all of that. But like, even for me, it's like so much sometimes. Mm-hmm. So there's a Well, that's because we're all, you know, like if we rewind and go back 10 to 15 years ago, like, or even 20 years yeah. ago, like to, to do your own personal research for, to find, or to find the resources of fashion that would inspire you, you'd yeah. go to a newsstand or you, oh, yeah. you would go on the internet yeah. or there was a lot of self-discovery. Do you remember this place called Gallagher's? Like it was yes. Like yeah, I remember like being a fashion mm-hmm. student, and, like going to like sift through the basement exactly. there. It was like you know, it took a lot of work to find. You images. had to be your own yeah. filter and and find what was inspiring to you. And I feel like everything now is being fed to us through yeah. a single algorithm. And as great fashion has become available to so many people, yeah. the problem is that fashion has become less of a mysterious and yeah. like I don't want to say exclusive but I mean like it was very precious before yeah. and I just feel like now because fashion is you know cranking out so much so and much, so fast and so yeah. fast it's democratized which is awesome it's overly it's democratized also, but it's yeah. also like oversaturated I it's guess overly yeah. Saturated, yeah. yeah it's it's a weird time I, th- I always think it's like kind of like a great juicy time and that's one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast yeah. is because even though yeah there's you know, been a number of setbacks for the industry. There's also great advancement and it does feel mm-hmm. like this very rich, heady time of like reinvention. And yes. I don't know what happens from here, but it feels like it's still getting no, very I, sorted I, I, out. I completely agree with you. Where it is. The a loudest reset. office. <laughs> oh okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. really Thank you so nice me. to talk to you. Um, and I can't wait for the book.